What up, though? This is Pop Culture 223, a podcast where we talk about firearms, the Second Amendment, gear, and the culture. Get it popping with us on this journey. Let's go. What up, though, everybody? This is another episode of the Pop Culture 223 Podcast. What up, though? I messed that up. Pop Culture 223 Podcast. Um, me and the Bear back in the studio today. Yes, sir. Um, I got another one of my homeboys here. He's back. He's back. He's back. The the genius, the oracle, the know-it-all guy about the game. Um, I don't know. What episode is this? No, episode 11? I believe so. Season 2, episode 11. Season two, episode eleven. So we back on the podcast. We just we just about to go organic with it. I got some questions here to ask my homeboy Jeff. I'm gonna let him reintroduce himself again. I think he was on episode two or three. Two or three on yeah. season one. Uh, people loved him. That was the most watched episode ever. Yes, sir. In pop culture, two two three existence. <laughs> so I'm gonna let Jeff introduce himself. Go ahead, Jeff. All right, Kev, thanks. Uh, first and foremost, uh, unlike last time, I'm actually going to try and answer your questions. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm Jeff Wild with DMI Performance, uh, owner, lead instructor. Um, we offer all types of performance-driven firearms training. And if you guys listen to that episode, you pretty much know who I am. So let's get hot with it. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's get it in. Let's get it in. So, look, uh, usually what we do, we got to say what today's uh, affiliates are, you know, sponsors. Give it up for Firearms Legal Protection. Um, protect yourself, and they will protect you. They got uncapped legal fees for protecting yourself and expert witness fees, so they pay, they pay for all that good stuff. So, please, if you have a firearm, please get some f- Firearms Legal Protection in your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, look, current events. <laughs> so. Look, I got a whole list of stuff I wanted to talk about. But on my way over, Jeff called me. He said, look, you got some cool shit to talk about today. I said, damn. <laughs> my, my topics ain't cool enough. I put them on blast. <laughs> so I had to, like, kind of reconstruct some ideas I had. Because, you know, I wanted to look like, you know, I know what I was doing in front of the homeboy. So what you're saying is you ain't had nothing cool to talk about. I, I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. So we went current events. So... <laughs> One current event. Hey, so I asked Jeff this. What you think about the Lady Vickers situation? Oh, you didn't like my answer? I did like your answer. I wanted to hear it again. Um, so, you know, a couple of people have asked me about this. And uh, other than I I really don't care, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, that's harsh. But my life doesn't change one way or another, okay? Right. Here we got an individual who's well known who has willingly participated within the system, broke the rules that he agreed to abide by, and he has admitted to that and is is paying the price. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. really it's cut and dry on that. Doesn't change my life one bit or another, right? So that's kind of my thoughts. Uh, best wishes, to Larry, and uh, you know he's done some work for the country and the two A community and. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't get uh, pounded too hard by the by the gavel. 
That's it. So on to the next event. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, next current event. What you thinking about the brace band being dead? And I was just looking at it. I was trying to read through the information that kept saying in common use. So I'm assuming because it was so many braces in common use, like between three to five million braces in the hands of law-abiding citizens, that kind of helped them figure out, like, look, this is kind of unlawful. So what's your thoughts on the, on the brace band? Before you give that, because I want, I got a question that kind of goes into that as well, because I didn't, I didn't hear about this part. You guys can probably uh, tell me if that was the truth. So does that still eliminate with the the brace band being shot down? Does that still eliminate the not being able to shoulder a brace? So this latest uh, circuit uh, circuit court ruling, judgment, stay, whatever whatever the legal term is for it, mm-hmm. shot down the the rule in its entirety. Mm. So not just the brace part of it. So anything that was included in that ruling was uh shot down is what my understanding of it is and um gotcha that's what i kind of thought too so back to kj's uh question there i was talking to some guys at the axe match yesterday that were talking about this and and uh my thoughts on it was it was actually nice to see that we have this three-headed beast of government that is designed so one branch isn't more powerful than the other mm-hmm. and and they equal each other out and it and it's been nice to see that this judicial branch is holding its own and uh striking down a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. that is being pushed through or uh it, as we're seeing is just flat out illegal right so so it, it's refreshing to see that the system can actually work if it's pushed the correct way, you get the correct drive behind. You get some some dollars pushing uh, pushing these cases. So, so that's excellent. So, when it was in the appellate court, I believe when they referred it back to the circuit court, um, one of the key points that that they said was that this will likely be shot down, or it is likely illegal. Um, you can't reclassify a pistol just because it has a brace or a stock on it a pistol is always a pistol mm-hmm. and uh and so when it when they finally gave this current uh opinion or uh, or decision you know it, it flat out just said that congress has given you no authority to create legislation or to change wording within the National Firearms Act. Mm. So barring new legislation, none of this stands. Mm. So it, it was an absolute. And uh, so that's good. That's a win. But it also sets the precedence that, you know, if things get crazy and, and uh, you know, things start to lean one way excessively, that legislation can't come in the future, right? right? So right. it's kind of a warning if you're 2A, you got to do certain things to protect it because all it takes is for a bunch of pol- politicians who hate you and your individual rights to take those away from you. So it's great. It's good to see the systems working, but there is a warning that was within that as well, that if things go a certain way, then this is acceptable. You got to fight it on a different level. Man, and... and- 
I, when it comes to a lot of two way stuff and just gun rules or, or gun laws as they get pertained to, like you said, in the courts, man, from certain perspective, pretty much almost any perspective, I've been saying that as well. Like, you know, be careful of what you all allow to be classified or, or put through as what, because you're going to set that precedence that this is okay to do. And I'm talking from the flip side, not not from the, the positive side like we're talking about. Now yep. I'm talking about on the flip side of what's wrong or bad. You're you're allowing this to happen. So guess what? You're setting that precedence that this is okay. You're going to start having more people doing said event or said thing going that way. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> You definitely so, got to pay attention to that. So what you're trying to say is if we use the language within the system is uh, that the laws is – or. Uh, you know, the Constitution, state Constitution, whatnot, is a limit on government power. And all mm-hmm. power not spelled out within those documents is reserved for the people. Okay? The people is us. All of us mm-hmm. combined. So what you're saying is, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, that if because your team jersey is the side that is taking away something <laughs> from someone you don't like, right. it's okay you're just telling them that it's okay to take stuff away from you, right. regardless of what jersey right. you're wearing and what right. jersey they're wearing. Right. Now you open the door for a lot of other a whole things. lot of exactly. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know on <laughs> this was a question I was asking Jeff. So in the two A space, is there if you if can you be on the fence with some things to being if you say that you pro two A and you're for the Second Amendment and protecting yourself and you think citizens should be have every uh, opportunity to protect yourself. Do you think as a person can be on the fence? Is it like they can be on both sides? Like you can protect yourself, but I don't think you should have this. Anything in any walk of life that comes uh, before the but in a sentence means that you don't believe it, right? I'm two A, but okay. So you're not two A, okay? I believe that we should have diversity, but right. So that means you don't believe in diversity. Right. Okay. So when guys say, hey, uh, you know, and my brother ran for Congress as a as a Democrat in a Democrat district. And, and you know, they're forcing that that national Democrat narrative, you know, to get the funding and whatnot. And and he was saying, you know, I'm 2A, but, you know, these rifles people have, that that's not my dad's shotgun that he went hunting with. And it's irrelevant. It's it's a total straw man argument. You're trying to introduce something to the equation that doesn't exist. Okay, so by saying I'm pro 2A means that you're pro 2A. That means every person has the right to keep and bear arms regardless of anything else. Okay, so this is where the courts muddy things up and say, well, you can, you can put some limitations on it, right? So you can forbid uh, felons from being two ayers and uh or participating as a two ayer and you know just talking with some people and, and we agree is like just because you're a felon if you paid your debt to society and and you got out and you're free i'm not talking about on parole not on probation or whatever i'm talking about you've paid your debt and you've moved on so if those people can't be trusted with firearms Okay, why why are they out on, on the streets? So it's just admitting that our system is broken and rehabilitating these people. So so something to think about 
I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Okay. You know. Hey, we going. I was getting to answer your question. I was just taking the long road. Right. No, 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 no. You go. Well, hold on. I want to say something. A little shout out to Felons with Firearms. <laughs> shout, out, shout him out. I'm going to tag him in this one, that statement, because he, he's all about rehabbing, got information for people that have felonies that want to get back in the system, want to carry a firearm. He oh, got somebody, there's somebody on, on the gram. That's, that's the, yeah, it's that's called Felons for Firearms. Oh, yeah. I did a, uh IG with him. See, I oh. wasn't even going. There. See, I was. I would I didn't even know that when I was when I was smiling like oh Jeff go in there. So, the reason why I said that and I said I'm glad you went there is because not just on a on a two A level, but having that same perspective in general. Like you said, did their time, did their do. Why can't they have this and do that? Because that's the same thing for for guns, jobs, so you know, uh loans, certain things, and it's like, okay. They did their crime. They did this, but now you basically are almost forcing them to go back to that cycle because you're not allowing them to get the things that we can get because they're felons. So how was that? Like you said, helping your. I I was. He stopped me there because I was. Just we're on a like, tangent now, yeah, right? Yeah, because I was right. with you. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is deeper than Nino Brown, so to speak. But <laughs> you know what I mean. But that's yeah. Damn, okay, I'm just gonna do a shout out to my dog. So okay. so to answer Kev's question. Uh, <laughs> We'll get back on on that topic. <laughs> I mean, that's a rabbit hole, right? We can right, we can right. fill the whole show on this topic, but okay, for me to say that, hey, I'm pro two A, but you shouldn't be able to have this is just the same as me saying, hey, as a black male, you have the right to vote, just not on Tuesdays. Right. Okay. I, I agree. So it's for me saying that, hey, women should be able to vote, just not on days that end with a Y. Right, I, I, every day. Okay, so <laughs> I agree. So you have the right to travel. Right, right. It's God given right. You have the right to travel freely, but with the the mindset of we can limit it is like, but you can't drive cars or ride bikes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got to walk everywhere you go, and you can't use a public road, and you have to pay two hundred dollar tax to be able to do it. <laughs> okay. So th- this is kind of where the butt leads us. Is like so, I believe that. It, it actually, let me scratch that. It's not a belief of mine. It is is understanding that every individual has the God given right to the pursuit of happiness and liberty. Okay, and that pursuit of happiness or liberty and happiness starts and ends with the individual. Okay, as soon as it starts to intercede on someone else's uh right to to happiness okay it no longer exists so what what i mean by this okay so hey i have a right to have a gun all right so i'm gonna have a gun it makes me happy right okay this is what i need for for my life so now i'm going to use this gun to rob you of your belongings okay now i am now interfering with your pursuit of happiness Okay, so my pursuit of happiness no longer exists because I am interfering with yours. Okay, does that make sense? I get it. I get okay. what you're going with it. So that's kind of just how th- it's it's a very libertarian way to think, right? So it's it's you do you until you start screwing with other people. Then you can't do you anymore. You right. got to dial it back, right? Stay in your lane kind of thing. Right? So it's just kind of where we're at. and. uh 
So no, I don't believe the the right <laughs> hand. I don't think you say I'm two A, but okay, you either are or you aren't. Hey, get off the fence. Here we go again. So listen, you know I, I have posted a video of my part, uh, Tanny saying he doesn't believe that people should buy AR 15s and we stop right there. And it was like boom, bombshell. Everybody was like, well, this dude is anti this, anti that, woo woo woo. But I was like, listen, go listen to the whole show and i said he kind of contradicted himself because he said he was pro for people carrying firearms and this and this so i my idea was like you can't say you pro 2a and protect yourself and say you can't have an ar-15 i was like there's no way you can be pro and then say you can't have this you know so that was like the butt but i was just like you know he said that he don't believe you should have ar-15s if you have mental health issues but then he went in and said something else but i was just like it's no it's no, I understand that. So, you know. Um, there, there was more to it, more depth to it. And it was, and I don't want to call it a cleanup because it wasn't a cleanup, but it was just that it was, you shouldn't have, and here's why. But then it was also still kind of loose of shouldn't have. You know what I mean? So it's like he, he gave, like you said, the mental health thing, you know, which is understood. You know, I'm the big, see, and that that's my fight. And, and I don't mean my fight, but that's my angle of the fight that I always like to champion of like, okay, when people start talking about AR-15s and banning this and banning that and so forth, so forth, the thing I stand on, it's not the gun. It's look at all the, the people that have mental health issues that we're allowing to have, and that's the proponent of it. So if you want to ban people that, quote-unquote, shouldn't have guns because of a, a health reason, okay, if that's the issue, then that should be the issue. Not the weapon, because I tell you what, I can put any number of guns inside a sane person's hand, and they're not going to just run off and just start shooting guns. You know, to to, to kill people, shall we say. I'm shooting guns, but we're all going to go out and shoot guns. But you know what I mean. And it's like, that's the that's the angle that I and the leg that I like to stand on, because to me, that's where the lines start to blur a lot. You know what I mean? And that's just from 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 my perspective. Yeah, so so I think he started with like not all Democrats are mm-hmm. anti-gun yeah, or right. or yeah. or just because we're Democrat doesn't mean we're anti-gun right, right. or anti-2A, but we are right? right. It's 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 the slippery slope of well we'll start here. You know, it's just as we talked about we we allow government to take a little bit away, then they're gonna want to keep taking some away, and next thing you know we're sitting here going like. Remember when we used to be able to own guns and shoot guns? <laughs> like, it's a slippery So Once you open the door, it's, it's like, you know, they take an inch, and they know they take a right. I, I think right. there's a flow chart. Uh, it's the question is, should government? And the answer is no. Right. Right. So. <laughs> All right. So, hey, we, we, we jumped into that. So like that one, huh? Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> hey, you got, you, got, you got a class coming up, um, coming up in December. It's the low light class, right? I need to get into that class, but just talk about that class and why is just give us a little insight on what that class offer and you know, just some topics or, or ideas or methods you like to teach in that class. So uh the class you're talking about, if you go to DMIperformance.com is primary handgun low light applications. Um in that course, it, of course, it has a prerequisite of being in primary handgun two day before or an approved equivalent. And 
the reason why we have that prerequisite is we're not teaching performance shooting fundamentals. We're not teaching you how to manipulate the gun. It is uh, strictly understanding lighting sources, how to get the light in play, a lot of one-handed shooting type stuff. So, so you got to have a little bit before you can get in that class. It's not where you come out of your CPL class saying, all right, I'm ready for this low light stuff. Um, so what do we cover in this course? Uh, you know, we, we, we understand lighting, what it means that, what the terms mean, uh, different techniques, uh, you know, where do you carry your, your, uh, handheld white light source? Um, we just kind of do a show and tell with different white light sources. So, so students can see what's out there and uh, what works, what doesn't work. And then the different techniques for employing the white light source. Oh yeah, he's got his IED. All right. I thought that was a vape pen. Oh no, no, it's just what it looks like. It's an, it's an Olight white light source, as you said. Okay. So that was a lumen, you know. Nice, little banger there, oh, literally, yeah. right? Might, yeah. might explode. Right. <laughs> but, um. But anyway, just to, just to keep going, uh, you know, some some one-handed shooting stuff, employing the lights. The difference between uh, handheld lights and weapon-mounted lights. I think we even talked about that a little bit on the, on the last show. So yeah, I kind of remember. Yeah, we did. That's pretty much it. The um, now is when you teach in a low light class, is the one technique that's favorable for like to always use in a low light situation, like what they say, like the FBI this and the. Um, I I honestly I don't think so, just because. Um, when you're doing administrative task, okay, then holding the light up out above your head is obviously not going to work, right? So sometimes that cheek. chin or cheek or neck technique works. So I'm going to jump ahead here because I know you know you're going to want to talk about it. But in Performance Fight Club structural applications, we we have a uh, no light portion and that cheek or chin technique or neck technique actually was the favored one between most of the students once they started processing the structures and and trying to id uh threats so i I don't think anyone stands out you know as hey this is the absolute one to go to because i think they all serve a good purpose um so it's it's just understanding the techniques and and where to apply them is Mm -hmm. what's important there so I know you mentioned something about prerequisites, and can you talk about that a little bit more? Like, is that something that can slow down a class if, say, you just allow a person to come in because they said that they train with Billy Jean and or or you know what I'm saying or uh, this and that to come into class and you find out they don't have a skill set. So vetting vetting an instructor and also vetting students is that like very well for as far as an instructor vetting a student is that very important. It is because, you know, it, if a shooter's not tuned in, and that's why anything above a level one course, um, we start with a skill validation, okay? So regardless of what prereqs you said you had and we approved them and, and let you in class, um, you got to perform right out of the gate, okay? And that's the... It's, hey, this guy has some fundamental issues, this guy has some manipulation issues, 
you know, they need some work before they can get in here. And this is not the course that we do it in. And if it becomes that course, everyone has to be on that level to dial it back or else mm-hmm. they're not getting what they paid for. So, right. so you, in turn, you tell that person to step out, maybe come back to my handgun one class, or do you keep working with them? Um, it depends. It's a case-by-case situation. Uh, you know, if they're close, you know, we just do a, a quick refresher on fundamentals and you kind of work them through. If they're far off, then it's like, hey, man, feel free to spectate, but you're not shooting today. Okay. Safety first, right? It, it was your choice. You made the choice, thus, therefore, you made the wrong choice. Okay. <laughs> Larry Vickers the stuff, right? Own it. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> well, and what you call develop? Listen, I took his. That's it. No, that's called the Larry Vickers, right? The laugh. So, look, I took a class with Jeff, my mm. first time meeting him. And it was a validation. And I want to say we started at five yards, and then we went to 10, 20, and it was a score at the end. And my score was shit. He's like, if you don't score above this, your ass is going home. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going home. <laughs> I was nervous as hell that I was about to go home. But, you know, it was it, he, put stress on, he put stress on the students to perform at a level, to, to, to see where their faults at and what they thought they were. And then you come, you was out there shooting, come to find out you wasn't that. So, um, like I said, that that's a that prerequisite. I mean, that that test, that validation test, it puts stress on it, especially in a student. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you think you can perform, because I know I was like, wow. Now was, that was my first time at the class, and it's a little different. But now, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit more calmer. Hopefully, a better shot at that <laughs> from from then and now. So. Let me tell the story from my uh, uh, so from my your perspective. Point. From your perspective. <laughs> from my perspective. So here we go. So KJ, I, I, I he may have been turned on to us from uh, a mutual friend, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, kind of ran into him hanging out at the the discount uh, CPL store, <laughs> and uh, you know, so whatever. So that used to be everyday handgun. Or it may have been uh turn, it's just a little bit different for you. It may be uh Here we go. All right, Kev's not allowed, he's allowed to turn his head and not talking to the mic, but I get corrected. All right. No, no, you were good. <laughs> it just swung on its own. I'm like, yeah. Put this back in. I think place. I'm pulling the wire under the no, table no, here. I, I think Kate is hitting the table and it's bouncing. Oh, probably it my big my big pause. I'm sorry. All right. So anyway, uh it might have been uh handgun manipulation too. Um, whatever we called it back in the in the old days, but now that's basically day two of primary handgun two day. So we do a hundred round skill validation that is requires an eighty percent pass rate to stay in the class. Okay, and it's just to reiterate: just because you made it through day one doesn't mean you're a day two student. And uh, so you got to perform which means that you need to be dialed in in day one. And, so, so, and so do you do this at the start of day two then? Start of day two. Okay. okay. So here's KJ, first time out, you know, hey, can I skip day one? <laughs> I'm an advanced student. I've, I've done this before. And it's like, okay, let's, <laughs> uh, let, let, let's see what this kid's got, right? So he comes out and, and uh, 
you know, you could tell he's had some CPL training somewhere. You know, he was doing the the, the ass out stance, um, horsey stance, I think is what it's referred to now. <laughs> and, uh, and so whatever. And what's funny about this validation is it's such a varied amount of skills that a student can suck hard in one area but be really good in another area, right? So. Right. The ebb and flows of people's emotion is going like this, mm-hmm. you know, like an equalizer board or whatever, right, and right. Uh, like this right here. Right, right. And uh, so Kevin had moments of doing some really good stuff, and then he had some moments of, of uh, you know, sucking, and the realization was setting in, right, that, hey, I might not be this advanced guy that I, that I <laughs> thought I was. Uh, but whatever, he was close, whatever. We felt bad for him and let him stay in the class. And, uh, and uh, I, like, my score was not 80%. I tell you that right off the The rest is history, right? He's, the rest is history. He's like, hey, can I come to day two of Carbine? Because I'm an advanced student. I was like, we didn't learn this lesson, my friend. Hey, I had that 23. I was rolling. It was, I, I did not hit an 80%. Uh, I can I tell you that. I did not hit 80%. So. It was it was cool though to be in that class. How important is and I see that that your classes evolve. How important is to evolve and to update the structure and the lessons to students? Like cause every year you ch- you kind of change in the the substance you give to the students. How important is that? All right, so that's a great question and I know we've talked about it a little bit and uh so let me explain how we structure our courses, and, and then I'll, I'll answer the question of, of the evolution of it. So you go to these courses, and, and these guys that, that can't shoot, they probably don't demo, right? They got a, their basic handgun NRA cert and their super instructor dude, right? <laughs> and uh, so these guys, they just present drills like, hey, here's a drill, now you shoot it, right? There, there's no sustenance to what they're offering. It's a Disney ride atmosphere. All right, it's your turn to get on a roller coaster. Here's your 30 seconds. All right, get off next. That's kind of how their classes are presented. And so with DMI Performance, we tend to look at uh, particular skills, give you why they're important, give you the parameters of why that why is important to justify why you need to spend time on this, and then, by the way, here's a drill for you to practice that skill. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's our format, and uh, so I would rather give you everything besides the shooting in a course, and let you go shoot by yourself somewhere else. Okay, that that's how I look at, at the courses. So when you talk about the evolution of it, um, if we look at day one of primary handgun two day. The drills are almost the same as they were 10 years ago, okay? But what we do to get to those drills is where the evolution is. And, uh, you know, maybe some stuff falls out, some stuff comes in. Um, But we involve as instructors, right? So we're continually learning. We're doing research. We're uh, taking courses ourselves. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. Right. Okay, my understanding of certain things is not the same as it was 10 years ago. So, and just to add on is 
I try to offer courses that I would want to take, right? That I would be willing to pay for. And uh, so if I come up with some new information, you know, that has helped me, it would be a disservice not to stay with you. Because like, well, that's how they taught me in NRA 15 years ago. Right. Okay. This is the only way. This is the way, right? Right. And so we're constantly evolving stuff. And, and KJ was like, hey, man, you've been sneaking off taking some classes, Jeff. <laughs> I was like, dude, I've been on like a book reading bender uh, as of late. So, you know, book book reading like tack. Which give us some drops. What what you been reading? Um, I spend a lot of time in, in uh, windshield time driving around some um, audio books. There we go. That's what I like. And, uh, so I've got to listen to them more than once to retain. You know, it's not the same as reading it, and uh, but. The one that I constantly listen to repeatedly is Violence of Mine by uh, Varg Freeborn. Uh, his follow-up book, uh, Beyond Uda, uh, just hit audiobook. And uh, so I've, I've listened to that one a couple times. Uh, one I just got done with, and it is uh, it's called How to Learn or Learning How to Learn. It's actually an adaption aimed towards kids or teenagers. Hmm. Okay, it's a, it's, it takes the science of what your body's doing, what your mind's doing, your neurological system, and just kind of simplifying it so a young teenager would, would understand what you're saying. Right. And amazing book. Okay. So that one's on, on repeat. Uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Uh, is amazing. I've I've listened to that a couple times, and I actually purchased the summary version of it to get the short version of it as well. Um, so understanding the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset, you know, helps you as a person uh, uh, move on. So or become better. And at the end of the day, that's what these courses are. Is like we're not teaching people to be, you know, aggressive and ruthless and, and, and gun duelers at the end of the day, man, it, it is a simple message of life, man. You leave this course today, a better person than you were when you got here. Yes, sir. And, and so, you know, any books that will help me understand that premise better, you know, if, mm-hmm. if I can make myself a better person, maybe I can help you be a better person. Mm-hmm. And so those are a couple of the books that, that I'll listen to repeatedly. Um, so there's some, some other stuff out there we can uh, chat about later on. Well, I'm glad you said that. And like I said, everybody, please go check him out, DMI Performance. Uh, he says DMIPerformance.com. Yeah. And me and Bear was on this tip last week or two weeks ago. We were just like, look, I'm tired of seeing – on IG. I want to call out bullshit, but we don't. Like, all of a sudden, you say, oh, oh, I got these CPL classes, da 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 Now, two months later, I see, and I also offer fundamental, of, uh, uh, rifle fundamentals, shotgun one and two, or handgun one and two, or rifle one and two. Just because you went to said uh, company, and you got the cert- certificate that said, I can now teach a handgun defensive or a rifle defensive class, but like what substance are you teaching? Are you just reading? Are you just going off of the curriculum that you got on the book for the 45 minutes um, patrol that you, I mean the 45 minute uh, 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 book you read or whatever, but that's why I was just like, I, I don't like, I just don't, 
it, it's just something, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Like, I just hate to see that. All of a sudden, you teach CPL classes, you were doing good, that was your lane. Now, all of a sudden, you got into teaching advanced classes from said company because they give out certificates because you pay some money, opposed to doing what you did and teaching it and reading up on it, ever, you know, uh, taking the classes from here in the the evol- you know evolves into this because you're reading books, you're putting substance back in the class to put substance into the students. That's what I'm talking about. That shit right there is what I'm talking about. That's why you need to go to DMI performance. He giving you more than just you know correct. He giving you substance and and the why. All right. Was there a question mixed in <laughs> no, there? No, it wasn't. It's just I was just you know it's just so, so one we, of. Well, basically what happened was we were, and I'm gonna have to cut that that dead silence part out, even though and, and make it shorter because it was funny though. But basically we were just talking about like calling bullshit when bullshit needs to be called, and it's like I I've always felt on the the air of the side of I'll call bullshit, but because I don't I don't want that that side of the fight. I don't have the time or the energy. I mean, I call out who it was that did said bullshit. But I'll call out the bullshit in itself, and if people that you know follow each other, we follow each other, whatever, whatever. You'll know who I'm talking about. Not gonna no problem coming to you directly, but I'm not gonna put you on blast like that unless it's super egregious, like certain stuff is. But like what he's talking about too is so like what I like to think of and myself is I I learned from KJ, I learned from you, you know what I'm saying? I learned from people that do this and have been doing this longer than I have. So what I do is I literally take whatever knowledge I can take as a CPL instructor, as a basic uh, shotgun and basic AR instructor, and I make sure that I'm a better instructor by whatever I learned from you all. I don't pass on and say, hey, I'm going to teach you guys how to run through walls and tactical this, that, and the third, and so forth, so forth. But what happened was, me teaching a basic shotgun course, somebody took a course, took said basic sh- uh, shotgun course, and then all of a sudden they were teaching shotgun. Shotgun master. And it's like, wait a minute, you didn't even go through the course to do it. You took it as a student, not as an instructor course. Like, I took the actual, uh, my NRA certs are, those are part of my NRA, NRA certs. But, like, again, I'm not afraid to say that mine are basic. You want to know more? Go see DMI Performance. You know what I mean? That, that's more advanced training. I'm not a, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not opposed to or, you know, shy about saying it. That's what I teach, entry-level stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what it's for. It's entry-level, and I tell people all the time, go take advanced stuff. If we want to do advanced, we can do advanced. But this is what this is. But said person literally was just like, oh, okay, came, took the class, and, like, a month later, Hey, come see me for this shotgun course. Whoa, wait a minute. What, what? Yeah, but you taking outside, you taking outside training, and you ain't sitting on your butt. You taking outside training, and you putting that into your curriculum. Right. So that's, I mean, that's basically, you know, I'm just like, look, don't sit on your butt and just, just read something off a right. said platform, and now you are, now you are a defensive hand gun right. instructor. So I guess that's just, just. It, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that literally. You're saying you're saying the same thing I'm saying. Where like I said, I take the knowledge that I get and right. I pour it into, and make my my basic class a little more more than basic because I have that extra knowledge from you right. all, you know, from everybody else and other shooters and other instructors. Right. Versus, like you said, and I'm saying we just saying it different ways. Somebody taking said class or only reading said book and then popping out, hey, I do this now. 
Hey, you know what I mean? That's that, take my classes, yeah. huh? Yeah. Two fifty. Shotgun class. <laughs> right. so, so I guess my my feeling on this is uh are they successful with it? Like are they like actually getting people to pay for it? And if they are, okay. What do I need to do to get some of that action, right? Because because I'll actually give these guys something, <laughs> something for their money, right? Some value. So, um, I don't know. I'm torn. You know, this. Um, I believe in free market capitalism. You know, if, if right. you don't want to knock someone's hustle, but at the same time, if you know they're selling, hey, you know, this is how you gunfight with a shotgun, or this is how you gunfight with that, and and like can't even, uh, you know, pass a. a Whatever, it's not even a qualification, but you couldn't right. even pass no, saying, yeah. personal protection inside your home, right? You know, 100 round uh range session, mm-hmm. which uh, you know, to pass that class, you actually have to pass that, you know. So, <laughs> um, I don't know, it's a slippery slope, you know. I'm not trying to, to hate on anyone like that, but you know, it's sometimes I just shake my head and and uh, you know. Even learning what not to do mm-hmm. is still learning, right? Still learning, yep. So. Always a student. In my history of taking classes, there's there's only one that, that I said, you know, if I actually would have paid for this, I, w- I would ask for my money back. Um, so you, you still can learn. Um, just people just got to understand that, hey, just, and, and I tell people this too with DMI performance, like, don't believe me because I tell you to believe me, right? <laughs> you get out there and you experience other things and, and validate, okay, your own decisions based right. off of multiple things. And, and right. even our higher-end classes, I say, hey, this isn't the gospel, right? This is my take on it to introduce you to what else is out there beyond us right. just to dip your toe in the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it's tough. There, there's a lot of... Uh, as you guys put bullshit out there and uh sadly with our eight second attention spans we we eat it up as the gospel and and this is good information but then they can't shoot themselves out of a wet wet paper bag so 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 going to that because you you kind of went to to the question i was about to get to so how do you feel about or how do you handle jeff a a person that say even if they're coming to you know, you're, you know, handgun one and they, you know, been through CPL, some type of training, small training, but you can tell that they have like severe bad habits. Like their grip is totally terrible. Mm-hmm. Their stance is super robotic. Or like you said, it's the, the squat down at, you know, butt out, you know, so forth, whatever. And, but horsey stance, the horsey stance, right. <laughs> but, you know, and as you know, they've had just bad habits with it and they're, they're teacuping with their hold or it's a, you know, a loose kind of, how do you handle those people as far as students? Do you do you take the time to kind of recorrect? And I mean, from like I said, the basic, your original first entry level, you know, handgun class. All right. So primary handgun on day one, we are going to hammer a mindset and preparedness lecture. Okay. And we talk about the growth and the fixed mindset and the pros and cons that are associated with that. And then we talk about a winning or a warrior sub-mindset, okay? So we lay the groundwork in, in, in developing a personal mission statement of why you're doing what you're doing. 
Okay, so we established that right off the bat. Okay. And then we go into performance shooting fundamentals. All right. So once we've established okay, the mindset and your mission statement, we can always refer back to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um so we do, it's part of that course, it's part of the first half of the day is to to get people to a certain point. And once they establish what their personal goals are, mm-hmm. the question is very simple. Well, why are you doing something that takes you away from that? Right. Right. So, hey, you're holding a gun here. Where did you learn it? What part of the class did I teach that? Because right. I want to know where to take it out. Because right. I know I, I don't want to teach that anymore, right? right? And then they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, I brought that to the table. Right. It's like, all right, well, you're sucking, right? So <laughs> it's the bullets don't lie. You, you're having a poor, perform, poor, uh, poor performance, but you want to perform at a high level. So we got to look inward. It's right. the hard question. Right. No one wants to look inward and take ownership in, in uh, their own buffoonery. But and that's me being nice and not cussing. All right, so, so they got to take ownership, right? And uh, no one wants to look in and be like, yeah, I'm the reason why I suck. You know, right. we want to blame it on something else. We want to be able to buy a quick fix. And uh, so once you establish that working mission statement, it's very easy because when you start asking that question, why are you doing something that takes you away from that? Mm-hmm. You know, it. you almost feel stupid. You're right. you're like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, I gotta I gotta unscrew myself on right. this and, and get going. So, when they come with a fixed mindset and they start making excuses for it, okay, at at some point you just all right, man, you're gonna do you. All right, you paid me to listen to me talk for two days, right? And uh, you know, hopefully something resonates at some point um, to get you thinking a different way, and uh, you know, and it usually does at some point, right? Mm-hmm. There's but it's tough, but yeah, we 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 really try to un un uh, you know f those about, situations. I was about to say you try to un f that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Go un f yourself. And <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this. You, uh, I know I said we're gonna get into it. You had a I don't want to say well. Uh, you had a structure class a week ago. So what did you see in that class when you seen the students run through structures and using the low light? Because you said you did a you did a demo low light class or, uh, you know, it was some low light in, involved in the structure. What did you see from students when you had returning students, alumni come in that class to use skills you taught them? Like what, what was that like? All right. So I'm not going to lie. This is probably the funnest presentation of any course that I've ever done. Okay, I, I had a riot in it. The students had a riot. Um, so structural applications, okay, we're processing buildings and, and you know, doorways, hallways, uh, rooms. And students get into a non-linear, like, flat range situation, right? So the biggest takeaway is students will always – they're, they always have a target in front of them that they got to shoot, right? And uh, so everything's a target. Everything needs to be shot. So the PID or positive identification factor is on full display. 
when you get to this level, of course, and you're in a beyond 180 degree engagement uh, situation with with other people. So um, the biggest takeaway and listening to guys debrief, you know, over the course of 20 plus hours, whatever we spent between the the two days and one night. um, The the thought of, hey, that that guy was facing away from me, you know, we're using full color targets with uh, different personalities, different uh, uh, cultures, uh, armed different ways, armed, unarmed. You know, like you see a guy behind you, you know, or you see him from behind, he's holding a gun, but all you can see is the base plate of the gun or the bottom of the frame, and dudes all just zip past him. Okay, he's like, oh, he's holding a remote. Okay, and then in this scenario, they get cacked in the back of the head because they lack that PID, mm. and uh, so it becomes very eye opening for students that hey, shit's actually pretty tough. Okay, mm-hmm. and and so we laid the groundwork of the understanding of Michigan, the Self Defense Act. Okay, here's where you, here's what allows you to use deadly force, and uh, so you now have to go figure out if these targets need deadly force or not. Okay, and it's a weird paradigm shift where you know you introduce that hey this this is NRA right personal protection on, inside the home mm-hmm. there's that verbal component so right. it's commands we remind them that there's a verbal component and then you you see where their processors are breaking down and they can't formulate words or you see that they want to talk to the guy with the draco pointed in their face with the finger on the trigger <laughs> and they just blow the guy away that's got a knife that's 15 yards away from him right so you know, and then, then as the instructors are, are role-playing as the bad guys, you know, certain words trigger them and they shoot them. And they're really seeing that, hey, this is tough. Like, the reality of, of what I'm doing, okay, everyone has an image of what their self-defense situation is going to look like, mm-hmm. right? And until that vision is tested, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a fairy tale. And so it's being tested in this environment as much as it can, right? Without the human element of going force on force. And, you know, that fantasy is being shattered. Okay. And we see students are dialed in more than they've ever been. And they were lucky to shoot a hundred rounds over Mm -hmm. the course of two days and and one night. Right. So it's not a shooting course and, and they're just soaking it up like sponges, just taking it all in and like, holy crap, I understand this concept of Uda now and the orientation of, uh, you know, my training and my life experiences, which is which is nonviolent, that I'm just breezing past these threats, not even thinking anything of them. And, uh, you know, depending on what the scenario is, we give them. And, and uh, so I hope that answers your question. But So did you see some differences going from daylight to low light with the students? Um, low light, you know, it's, they say it's the dark monster or whatnot, or whatnot. Uh, the biggest thing that comes about in the low light is the inferiority of lighting equipment, right? You know, you get a group of students, they go in, they put their wonder blasters out there, you know, and, uh, or their light sticks and it lights up the entire structure. Okay. 
Then you got the guy that looks like he's holding a birthday candle walking in the middle of a room, right? <laughs> so we were like, oh. Which do you prefer, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I prefer all the lumens. So the, the, you know, when PID in sunlight is tough and then you add the darkness, you, you see that they're like, holy crap, this is just times a thousand. So, so is it... Uh, is it some equipment or brands that you like to run, like to have on you, like for what? For your hand, weapon light and your and your personal, um, or at, on your on your blaster and on your handheld. At this moment, if I'm gonna have a weapon mounted light on a handgun, um, I'm really big on the Surefire X300 Turbo. Um, that one's uh excelling right now, and uh, you know it's a common footprint. You know, so your holsters have worked over the last, you know, couple of generations or iterations of that. On a rifle light, I'm really digging the cloud defense uh, rain. Mm. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of their switching, but there's some workarounds for that. So you say cloud defense rain? Yes, R E I N. I think is how you spell it. The rain. Okay. Um, that's the model. That's the model. And then uh, for handhelds is the Cloud Defense MCH. You got the uh, couple versions of it, and then you got a duty version of it. Um, How many looms are those? Um, I, I don't even know. I mean, is that the is that the one with the, the one you had at one low light class thing was last year we did a structure class and that thing was bright as a damn. It was the whole night, the whole uh, area was lit up. So that's that's Candela. Uh. The lumens is the light at the lens, so you're looking at Candela, which is the horsepower you're throwing downrange. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're looking at these lights now are eighty thousand to um, I, I think one hundred fifty thousand mm -hmm. uh, Candela out there. So, so they're they're pretty sweet and they're throwing it far. So, are you pro or kind of against more lumens than Candela, or what's your stand on that? I think the industry's finally caught up and realizes that Candela is the better measurement to uh, use versus lumen. Just the light at the lens is irrelevant to the equation. Mm. I think too. I think, I think too. The the standard now is for a lot of weapon lights, not the minis, but like regular. It's kind of seems like it's been a thousand now, as far as lumen. And I think the the Candela is like what like. Twenty thousand or forty thousand or something like that. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty light on the candela at this point. Yeah, it seems like a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred. Yeah, like, where that's what like the, See, I probably am a little, little short on, on the candela, in. but yeah, that's. Yeah. I know. I know it's at least. What's what I say? Thirty. So probably like forty or fifty is like like yeah. bare minimum kind. Yeah, of, like I see. Yeah, I see a lot of them. They're like eight, like you said, eighty-five uh, candela. Yeah, yeah they're they're know. they're over a hundred now. So yeah. So let me ask you this a quick this this on the low light. Is there a when you positive ID in a a a, a, a target or threat? Is is it the amount of time you post to flash that light on like it's on off, or do you keep it on the target until you uh, ID it? So the question is uh, momentary lighting versus constant lighting. Okay. You well, asked me the question, or you you corrected well, my question? That's the question you actually asked. So. Um, <laughs> he corrected every, my question. Everyone's processing power is different, right? So how how quickly you 
observe and orient yourself to make a decision is different than bears is different than mine, right? So I find that uh, we see and think the best in the light. Hence, the lights are on in the studio <laughs> here, right? We're not sitting here in the dark. Right, so, right. Uh, so I'm more of a Considon type person. Um, there's some validity to to the momentary, but if we're trying to decide, hey, does this, this person need deadly force or not, then it's very important that we make the right decision. So I, I would leave the light on as long as it takes to, to make that decision. <laughs> I agree 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we about to get out of here wrap it up a little bit give me some and i and i we see this i don't say i see this a lot but people talk about uh when you got a range or indoor outdoor what are some tips you give some of your students to work on recoil or try to get better at shooting do you like when you wh- what's your game time when you go into a range what's your game time plan do just you start off close or do just you, one do you one, do one you you know so i'm gonna put it back to the wall and just Rack off some rounds or what? And I said one. I said three tips. Oh, you said three? Oh, I yeah. mean, he can, he can it's, say it's, one, no, but. No, no, I, I ain't hear you say three. My bad, my bad. It's the only reason why I was saying I gave a number, because I know he can go on. We can go hey, on these guys are trying that. to push me out of the studio. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, no, KJ, no. you're paying extra today. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm just saying, because I know that's a topic in itself. That we can football games, like, that. come on, 15 minutes, Oh, man. yeah. Oh, we can put that on the screen. That ain't no problem. Go prop. sports. That ain't Go no sports. Go no foosball. I'm just talking about because I know that's a show in itself. Sure. You know what I mean? So. So, yeah, give us three. All right. So, in a, in a quick sense, it depends on what I'm trying to work on. Right. Right? So, if I'm trying to get back to the basics, right, and I'll work fundamentals, we've got our DMI performance target that has all of our fundamental drills on it. Mm. And I may hit that, you know, for 100 rounds, working each fundamental individually, okay? If I need to, hey, man, I've been kind of screwing up lately. I need to get back to basics and reset, okay? Right. So so we'll do that, and that's trigger discipline, okay? It's concentrating on follow-through, okay, with the horizontal lines and whatnot, and seeing the site, calling my shot. So that's that. If... uh if I need to focus on distance, then I'll skip the up close stuff and just jump right into it. And if I'm having some fundamental issues, then I'll move up and do some fundamental drills and then get back out to the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just depends uh, uh, what I want to do. But, I mean, if you guys want to learn these drills, you can come to the primary handgun today. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that – Target training, is that only for DMI performers or is it open to anybody that wants? Like, I want to jump on there. What do you mean? Because, you know, some people, some some uh, companies, you can go download their targets and their skill. I mean, targets and that drill with that skill. But, you know, some of your drills is only for DMI performance uh, students. So we have the DMI Performance Garage, which is our alumni group. Uh, we got a Facebook group. And we do have older uh, targets in there that we used to use we've just combined them all onto one target at this point um, so as an alumni you have access to that earlier in the year we were doing drill of the month i, I just got too busy to follow up on it you know after the first few i remember you um, talking about it the first time yeah so so that stuff is there as it's just being open to anyone on like on the website i, I don't have that mm-hmm. set up right now so it's okay. just something we give to our performance garage members as a perk 
for working with us. See, alumni get those benefits. Alumni get the benefits. It just, you know, only why I asked that because I, I was curious to get some sneak, some sneak uh, skills or some some. So, <laughs> so you so you want to tell me stop to stop skipping day one? Right, stop skipping day one. Because <laughs> you know we go out to the the axe matches and you know coins be out there and they be out at distance. You know them sometimes they're not close. They like at what fifteen twenty five yards. I'm just like man, I need to work 30, on that forty yards with right. a big non threat behind it. Big yeah. non threat behind it. You still think about the eight inch coin at thirty yards? Ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the nine threats behind it, and then you go down there and look at the nine threat, and you didn't skip one right off the side of the coin into the sh- to, to the chest of the nine threat. So I was just like, man, I just got. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, uh, when I go to the range, what I'm working on. I try. I still use the um the the dot torture and those um what two three inch bars. I mean squares. So I use a lot of that stuff up close, and then I push it out. Um, uh, but like I said, it all depends on what I'm working on or trying to accomplish that day. So I was just trying to see some, 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 give us some tips from the master over here, DMI performance, give us some tips of the day. So some people, when they look at this, they're like, man, you know, I want to, I want to be a DMI performance dude. What can I do to improve my skills? So you, you gave them some game. Yeah. I guess the advice then would be if you only did one thing, work on your performance shooting fundamentals, isolating them and with a laser like focus, there it is. There it is from itself. DM Jeff Wild, DMI performance. Hey, if we're up against time, I, I wanted to add, because I, I told you there was a number that existed, and, and I wanted to go back to the I'm Pro 2A butt. <laughs> I told you there was a number existed, and I checked my notes, and and, uh, and and I remembered what it was, okay? So the arguments that, hey, you shouldn't have an AR-15 because, you know, the kids, you know, people are going in shooting these schools up and Mm -hmm. and kids are dying, okay? It's propaganda, all right? It's flat out that it is the chance of that happening at your kid's school is two millionths of one percent, okay? Why are we terrifying our kids with this? Okay, and we're trying to strip away the rights to keep our kids safe over something that is your kids more likely to die from from hypertension or uh, you know uh, uh, a cardiac event from the food we give them every day, or putting them in the back seat of the car and driving around. They're more likely to die going to the doctors than they are in a mass shooting incident. So it's just our perspective is so messed up, and it's it's almost like it's a narrative that's being pushed to keep us divided. Hmm. But then you see, well, yeah, I mean, because you see a lot of stu- schools now doing uh, mass shooter drills, and you know they went from tornado drills and this. Now they're doing mass shooting drills. Sure. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing wrong. With understanding in the event of emergency, what our do. procedure should be. Um, real quick, uh, at my church with a school, we uh, we did a mass shooting uh, a course with a little bit of medical stuff in it, and uh, it was a little different than what's done before. The instructor was uh, was great. He's a principal at at a Lutheran school. Um, so he's really dialed in with the, with the understanding of uh, school itself and the administration. 
Um, but what I'm getting at, all right? So we went through with the staff, and I got to be the shooter. Hmm. And uh, so they went through their emergency procedure. I I had a cert gun. He's running behind me with a with a uh, uh, a, not a flare gun, but a uh, starter pistol mm-hmm. right, that shoots shoots blanks. He says, "All right, every time I see that laser, I'm gonna pull the trigger on this thing." <laughs> and dude said, "I couldn't reload fast enough. You shot so much." <laughs> um, so just just understanding right how structures work and right. how thresholds work. It was brutal. Dude said that is the most brutal systematic dissection of of a school in this demo that I've ever seen. He said, and you never went in any of the rooms. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, the casualty rate was uh, was uh, tremendous. And the staff did great, right? It was one mm. of the better, <laughs> the right. better uh, uh, demonstrations from the staff themselves, Bob. But he's like, you've obviously got some kind of training. Turning. Yeah, you're right. It ain't. It's not you. I, like I said, it's the, I think it's, it's just, just the weight of the yeah, thing, the, the table, the table. Um, you know what's? <laughs> but so, it was fun. My wife was like, you shot me from thirty yards away like fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you go out there and do all that stuff. Okay. You know it's funny. My wife the other day, she was like, I guess everything we just been talking about whatever. She's like, I know you down there making ammo, and you like to go to action, shoot it all up, but you better be making something for the house. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, whatever. And right. then just that morning, I get a knock on the door. Jeff, so I get a knock on the door. <laughs> a, not a knock. A bang on the door. Just just process this. A bang on the door um, at 4.30 in the morning. It's dark. My dog hit the door barking. I see lights. In the glass in America, you know, I got my door got it's a big glass. I hear see lights, handheld lights. Boom, 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 boom. Four thirty in the morning. So I grab my stuff, go to the door. I'm off to the side. I'm like, yo, what's up? Boom, 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 boom. I tell my wife, like, go in there with my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Go in the other room with my daughter. They grab her because she's like disabled. So you got to get her. To, if something happens. She got to get her out of that room and, right. and, and go. So, Oak Park Police. I'm like, what's up? Said it like three times. No nothing. No, I'm here for such, 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 just nothing. So my phone is on the, the ledge. So I grab my phone. I get on the phone. I call 911. Um, they take me straight to dispatch in, in Oak Park. But I hear my neighbor outside talking to these people. I'm like, dude. Why are you outside talking to them? What if they dare this to jack you? That's where I straight went to. I was like, oh, these dudes trying to get me. They, they didn't say anything. So I talked to dispatch. Dispatch like, yeah, we got some people in the area. I said, look, it's some some people outside saying they're officers banging on the door, saying they want to get in. She's like, well, let me check. So she put me on home, come back. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, wrong address. There's some people in the area. They don't, you know, the people in the area mm. looking for a situation. I'm said, ma'am, you sorry? I said, it was about to be an altercation in here because one, you got the wrong address. They banging. They're not mm-hmm. seeing anything or seeing what's going on or whatever. And I'm just like, look, I got, you know, family in the house, whatever. But I turn around and look at my wife. She's sitting in the, <laughs> she stepped behind me, four feet in the doorway. I was like, I told your ass to get in the room. Why are you why are you standing in the doorway? 
And her response was, I ain't know what to do. I was about to go get my gun too. And back. I don't need you to mansplain this situation to me. <laughs> I said, Check babe. your toxic masculinity at the door, son. <laughs> she was like, no, I was just trying to process. I left, I left my gun in the bag sitting on the couch next to you. And I was just like, well, if they come in, I got to back you up. I was like, so. <laughs> I was just like. on the way. Uh, helped on the way. But I was just like, well, hey, we got to have a little better plan than that. But she's like, yeah, now I got to have one next to the dresser. I understand now. <laughs> so, but it sounds like the survivors in your family are about to win the municipal uh, lottery. <laughs> I was just like, man, but I guess it was crazy because they was banging on the door and all I was going to say, oh, they about, they trying to get me. They didn't say anything. I was like, hey, what's up? Hey, but may, they might not have heard it, you know, because my dog was barking, but I did not shine the weapon light on them. You know what I'm saying? This show, like, oh, this dude got a gun. I was just off to the side, like, hey, what's up? No response, no nothing. So I was just like, man, that was it was kind of nerve-wracking just to have that experience. But I was just like, man, it could have got bad real quick. Bad real quick. That's crazy. Well, we're all blessed to still have you with us. Right. Amen, amen. So that was my little uh, you know, ten minute tangent. <laughs> Oak Park <laughs> About Police. Three minutes. Three minutes. Uh Oak Park Police get do a better job or I don't know. Is this oh bat wrong address. Oh, really? Okay. So, I'd have been on the two o'clock news. Uh, somebody, something happened in the person's house. So my takeaway of that was uh, KJ's doing something really well in life that he can <laughs> afford to go in the basement and load ammo. Because even the load ammo cheap right now costs probably three times home, what man. uh three times what a box of ammo costs right. online. Right, and that's why I was, <laughs> I was just like. This is not what I thought it was. I'm about, I, I'd rather go buy a box of ammo now just for the less time it's going to take me to make it. But I'm making it. Hey, I bought a lot ahead of time. But uh, like I said. Hey, so you guys that are your, your sponsor at uh, Firearms Legal Protection, have you talked to them about that situation? It just happened, no. Yeah, I, I, I would get uh, get some insight. Hey, what happens if this became an incident? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good takeaway. Good question for Spencer, yeah. Good que- definitely good question for Spencer. Um, and see and see what he say about that. Matter of fact, I shoot him an email or text and see what the situation is. But um, like, where can people find you at, Jeff? Once again, because I know you was on the show again before. But re re retell them just in case they didn't know. DMIPerformance.com is the easiest way, or uh, DMIPerformance uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so those are the easiest ways to, uh, get at us. <laughs> get at us. Get at us, man. Get at us. And also, man, I, I don't do this enough. I like to say, look, if y'all like the stuff y'all see on the show, as far as the Heavy Metal Lifestyle shirt I'll be wearing and rocking, you can go to heavymetallife.com, check out some of the swag that's on there. You yes, can sir. use, um, what is it, Stack Mags, Stack Mags 10 to get 10% off. Um, and that's just for the show. Hey, I almost yes, wore sir. my heavy metal uh, shirt, but I didn't want to wear the same one you wore, so I, I didn't chance it. And even though it's been a while you since, got like since a we recorded bunch the of last them. episode, I thought about wearing mine, but I didn't want to wear it in back-to-back shows. Right. So, you know. That's why I was like, is this the vest I yeah. wore last time? I, I don't remember, <laughs> but I'm going to gamble and say it wasn't. Jeff, you got you got more than one shirt. Yeah. Problem is, uh, you know, been living that uh, relationship and married life, and I've kind of... Plussed up a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, How's that going? 
it's going it's going well uh it's good time um families adjusted very well and it's always good to have a supportive spouse that uh believes in what you're doing and uh gives you the support to uh get out there and uh work to better your family yeah a supportive spouse yes sir i, I got one of those amen to that amen yes, to sir that. so look you about to get out of here man um like i said i want to thank jeff for coming on the show again give some of the just jeff ism to the show <laughs> that game that free game he gave us but like look him up man because uh like i said dmi performance uh the, the classes and everything i've been taking them and, and it changed my skills it got me better mm. um just the mindset of preparedness um in situations so like i said i appreciate you jeff like for coming on the show and just being one of the good homies man um you can bounce it's... stuff off of ideas talk to and kind of hold me accountable for different things too so it's fun coming out, man. We we still got to talk about them Knights Armaments and, uh, <laughs> and and cigars and watches and and all that stuff. We say we're going to talk about a lot of stuff from get, the last uh, episode that we yeah. get pushed in. We, yeah, well, I guess well that, that cigar I, game is definitely. I guess that means bear. I got to come back. Cigar game is is, def- is definitely a bear thing because you know I always ask y'all. I'm when, new to it too, man. So I don't mind chopping it up. I'm, I'm, I still say I'm new because there's so many. These cigars are so plentiful and they change so often sometimes, man. I just don't want to look like a, a dweeb when I'm smoking one. So, I, you know, sometimes I grab one, sometimes I, sometimes I won't. And I don't know what to smoke, so I just ask questions. So somewhere, uh, I don't know, last month or two or whatever, I kind of went on hiatus where I just like, hey, you know what, I'm not buying cigars anymore. If a friend gives me one, whatever, I'm not going to disrespect them. I'll smoke it with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I... I like quit cold turkey and went went about a month without smoking any and then hit a class and of course students are like hey here's cigars and and uh, i got a new nice new collection of shit to smoke and, and, <laughs> oh, i smoked them all like, <laughs> gotta get rid of them because once i go back to to the weekday job and i'm smoking them at work then it, it then it becomes a problem right so smoke them all out of class and, and get rid of them <laughs> but uh so I've dialed it way back because it was oh, a little out of control there. Let me ask you, what is the deal with smoking cigars at a at a handgun class, like or just a training class in general? What what is the correlation? So for me, he's Hannibal Smith, man. He loves to win a play. I mean, I just yeah. really, I'm just like, I man, mean, why? That's, are you, a, that's a great question, right? There's another one. So I got two in the day. You heard it. So you heard it, fat. So. Here's how it started, right? And it went it's, it went past this, right? As it was like, all right, now we're smoking four or five out of class versus two. Um, so generally for me, a certain cigar is what I smoked at every class that I would bring. And uh, it's a timing thing. Okay, I, I could look at the cigar, okay, and know where I was at in the, in the time of the class, right? Okay, so all right, this one's three quarters sense. down. I you don't I, understand, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So this one's three quarters down. Okay, so that means it should be about noon. Okay, or it should be eleven o'clock. And and all right, so this is where we're at, and we're right on time. Mm-hmm. Okay, sir. So just to break it down, I know we shortened. We spoke. We trying to wrap, but a lot of cigars, depending on which one you are, depending on the gauge and the length and so forth. Are, are basically are I don't want to say that they're uh, stuck to be a time frame, but it's a generalized time frame of how long it would take to smoke said cigar. And typically, most of them, on average, 
it's about an hour. And then you got some like again, depending on if it's a, you know the size, the size of it and the length of it could be a two hour smoke. And, and how aggressive you? Yeah. Get. So that that but yeah that yeah. that wasn't the question. I mean, it was the question, but I'm saying, why every time you go, well, you you see anybody in a training class, so they everybody that's an instructor uses a cigar as a time a time thing. I I can't speak for anyone else. Okay. It's just um, when you out there with guns and so, cigars so come that's, out. That's me. It it is uh uh. No, it's enjoyable at the same time, right? And it's still uh, it's still the time thing, because like you said, you use it as a time gauge, but it's also I have the time to smoke that now. You know, well, I, I took the Hannibal Smith as like yeah. that's what it was. That's what I said. That's what I said. He's <laughs> Hannibal Smith. He loves to when the plane comes just, together. I just assume guns and cigars. <laughs> so you know, some instructors have cult followings and whatnot. You know, and they smoke cigars, and you go to their class, and you see all the students that are, you know, hey, I've been in this class five, six times. And they're all smoking cigars too because now they're like, "Hey, that makes me part of the culture, right? Right? Mm-hmm. I fit in because I'm smoking cigars and I'm shooting guns and I'm doing something that I've done multiple times. So it's it's a safe place for me to exist. It's almost like a social event at okay. that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so it's a it's a oh I made it here to the advanced class. I can smoke cigars now. I got it. Hey, so check this out. Kick the intro off again. We'll change. We'll swap shirts. Okay, we'll we'll film the next episode right now. All right. So, like I said, we about to end the game, and uh, we up out of here. Uh, you got any more questions for uh Jeff? There, Bear? Good, man. Good. I catch. Oh, I know uh, Jeff be on my head. Like, you gonna have me back on? Are you gonna when you gonna have us back on? Man, man? You're welcome whenever you want to come on. He gonna say, "Well, KJ, like, don't invite you, him. you can come on KJ's show whenever you want. Right, right. You can come on KJ. I just like look. I don't know who does all the engineering and editing. You can come on. <laughs> I, I guess I just looked at it like you know I want to uh, have him on too much or you know he you know yeah. just like man you can come on there all the time. You can always come on. We can always kick it. Like I said. Even when we don't have guests, I don't see, uh, look at you as a guest. I look at you part of the pop culture family. If I have an ideal or something or what's the topic or you got the Reverend Reggie Run on here again, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I, you know, just ask me. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should have, you know, some questions to ask are different or what's your perspective. Like I said, I posted that that question in, in, in the garage and I got a response. That's what I did just to put some information and get information back um, out of there. So that's it. I don't really consider you a guest. I just consider you part of the family. So that's it from us. Barry ain't got nothing else. So look, game recognize game. We recognize you. So please recognize us. Please hit the share button and like button. We need all the the love we can get to push this game out. Yes, sir. And uh, as KJ said, uh, in Bear Back Mump, stop paying for BS classes. You got to get some real training. Please get some real training from DMI Performance. Go check them out. Real. <laughs> and we out.